Aloha, folks. You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 169. This episode is sponsored by Tandawai Rum, the world's largest rum producer and winner of over 170 international medals in the past four decades. Check out their webpage at tandawaiusa.com or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at tandawaiusa. On this installment of the COVID Chronicles, we chat with writer and rum aficionado of the Atomic Grog, Jim Hurricane Hayward. We recorded this episode just a little over a week ago, before some beaches were reopened in Florida, and before the Hukilau had announced the way they were adapting to this year's changes of their annual event. It's crazy how much and how quickly things change in the world we live in these days. We still have a great chat, though, about cocktails, tiki, and of course, the Mai Kai and their Gallons to Go program, in which local residents are able to purchase pre-made Molokai bar-level cocktails to enjoy in their own homes. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you enjoy this podcast, Please consider helping us with your support during this challenging time. Stop by DesertOasisRoom.com to check out our merch or leave us a tip. We've still got a small handful of Monkey Pod Koo Tiki Mugs and Talking Head Tiki Pendants available right now. Any purchase or donation, no matter the size, is totally appreciated and helps keep this podcast coming to you every week. All righty. Join me on my virtual trip to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, as we join Jim Hurricane Hayward and the Atomic Grog. Hello, Jim. Adrian, you there? Good. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, good. I'm trying to negotiate all these technical uh, <laughs> issues, but I, I think I got you on my headset, correct? Uh, I, I can hear you great. Happy so, Aloha uh, Friday. Thank you. Thank you. It's kind of hectic considering what's going on, but uh, yeah. good to speak to you. Yeah, can you, you too. Okay? I can hear you great. I can hear you great. great. I'm already wearing my mask in, in anticipation of my meetup here, so uh, oh, gotcha. Might be, little, might be a little muffled. Oh no, no, you sound perfect. Cool. So, how are things looking like over there in Florida? The last time I spoke to someone in Florida was with Marina about a month ago, and she told me that there were still spring breakers out there, out on the beaches, ignoring all of the close orders and that kind of stuff. Has that settled down? Yeah, definitely. I remember that, that podcast. I listened to it. It was great. Um, things have definitely settled down since then. As, as usual, we're pretty much uh, behind the curve as far as like California's, I think, ahead of us um, in dealing with that sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But things have definitely settled down. We've had some really nice weather. Today's really rainy, though, for some reason. Yeah. Um, hope, hope that doesn't uh, portend the bad things happening. But uh, otherwise, you know, we're dealing with it, as you guys are. I, I really am happy to be talking to you. I wish we could have done it under better circumstances. Yeah, you know, the last time we chatted was at the Hukilau, and it was all fun and happiness and 
now it's it's a little bit doom and gloom, how huh? it's a little bit yeah, things have changed. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I, I tell people, oh, I was on the podcast, you know, back on episode, uh, whatever it was, but I wasn't really on the podcast per se, like, sure. like this talking, we were, you were recording us on stage at the Mai Tai. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but it was definitely a pleasure to do that. And maybe the next time we meet up, it'll be at the Mai Tai. I would love to do that. I, I'm, I'm totally open to that. Speaking of which, how have the plans for Hukilau been affected by all of this? That's something I definitely want to talk, talk about during our conversation. Do you mind if we hold that for the end? Sure, sure, that's fine. I, just as I got in the car, I got a uh, message from the Hukilau about what's going on, so I can I can talk to, talk about that. But I, I wanted to kind of address exactly why I'm in the car. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um, it'll probably become clear before people listen to this, but um, I'm going to the Maikai for the first time since March 7th. Wow. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I have this thing. Um, I'm a local, of course. Um, it's a 16-mile drive, so we're going to be talking for about 20 minutes here while I okay. drive the back roads. Okay. I'm close enough close enough where I can take the back roads to the Maikai. Very nice. And, uh, I'm very fortunate, and uh, I typically go about once a month. And uh, when my wife and I got married, that was one of the things I said, you know, honey, this is good. You know, we have we have a great thing going just let me go to the Mai Tai once a month. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so at the, at the minimum, you know, yeah, so March yeah. 7th and now what is it? April. Uh, so it's been a little over a month. Yeah. So. It's, it's April. Uh-huh. It's past tax day. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. This past tax day, I was kind of freaked out. Like, you know, God, are we really just going to go right past tax day without worrying about anything? I called my accountant. He was like, yeah, it's been, pushed out another 90 days so he's like we have lots of time so but is it just me or does does time like seem like it's standing still it's like the last month has gone by so slow so slow i I spoke with uh rena bambina she's a pinup that lives out in germany and she comes out here every year for some of the events out here on the west coast like viva las vegas and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff and we recorded a podcast after she was back in Germany and it felt like forever ago when I had seen her last and we did the math and it was only like three weeks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's strange. I don't know what, I don't know what, cause, what causes that really. It's, it's an odd thing. But, um, so, um, so Maikai, Maikai goes, um, they've been, they've been closed. Obviously all the, all the bars and restaurants around here have been closed. Although some do takeout, you know, and some do delivery and whatever. Um, what the Maikai has started doing uh, three weeks ago is is takeout of their cocktails. Yeah. And, and you know how I feel about their cocktails. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm jealous. I, honestly, I'm really jealous that not only that you're able to take these cocktails home from the Maikai. Well, I'm jealous about a lot of things with you. So I'm jealous that you're close <laughs> to the Maikai. <laughs> I'm jealous that you get to take the cocktails home. And I'm jealous that you're getting them in gallon portions. Right, exactly. I don't know whose idea that that was exactly, but it's genius. It's, it's like genius. Of, most bars are doing, you know, single cocktails. I've seen a few that do larger portions, but I, I don't think anyone's doing gallons. <laughs> so are, are they doing it with the alcohol already mixed in, or do you add that when you take yeah. it home? That's the other advantage. The alcohol's already mixed in. Oh, nice. And, and what people might not know is this is not a... They were ready to go with this because they do a they have a catering business on the 
that's part of the part of the Mike guy. If you go to the website and look up catering, they do private parties, they do corporate events. They'll yeah. they'll they'll come to various venues, and um, they pre batch um, select cocktails. Not you don't have your choice. You you have to take one of the three or four that they offer. But they they know how to do this. They've done this many times. And of course, when they go to an event, it you know they they pour them out for you. But this is the right. first time you've ever been able to actually just take home a gallon as a you know as a private citizen driving up uh, to the, the Maikai, which is I'm, I'm doing today. I've missed their first opportunity. They don't do it every day or even every oh, week. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's a it's a huge endeavor. If, if you look at the photos, I'm going to post some photos on my blog. Yeah, they they do they did the first one on April seventh, I believe. Okay, and they. They batched a hundred gallons and and and, so, and sold them in three hours. Wow! So, so um, they expanded it to two days this time. Two weeks later, they took a two week break to to locate all the all the necessary you know ingredients and the, the gallon jugs. Right, too. So, right. Oh, that's right. You have to get the containers. This week they're doing two night two days of of deli- not delivery of pickup. So you have to order in advance. You have to call and. Uh, Place your order, and I ordered a gallon, um, and I also ordered a bottle of rum. So they expect okay. to do 200 gallons this week, double double the last. Yeah, week. yeah. It's happening. Who knows? Next next time they do it, they might sell 400. Gallons. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, this is something that when I started seeing that, I thought, shoot, you know, I wonder if there's a way that they could start doing this. Maybe have some kind of an yeah. arm that just does this and starts distributing yeah. them to maybe yeah. like you know other markets where it'd be awesome for some of us out here in the west coast to be able to get that you know yeah there's a two-week shelf life uh apparently i have i don't know if anyone has put that to the test it's hard to keep it for that long without drinking it um oh yeah of course (laughs) but um there is something about these you know like i said they've been doing these these preps and these catering events for decades and i'm i'm even guessing that mariano had a hand in in creating these batch recipes oh, yeah. back, back, yeah. back in the seventies. It makes sense. And, and they're they're built to last. They're not they're not designed as craft cocktails that are gonna spoil in, in, sure. in twelve hours. Um, there's a certain uh, nuance to what they're doing and, and the juice that they use is, is shelf stable for, for a bit of time. Yeah. And they used to have a drink called the grandfather barrel. I don't know if you heard of that. Um, a, I think I might have heard of that from you. It, the original grandfather barrel actually was an aged rum barrel that had been sitting around for a couple of days and, and from some event and maybe a week or two and they tasted it and they go, Hey, this tastes pretty good. It actually tastes aged. So the, okay. the drink, actually, drink actually aged, even though it wasn't sitting in wood. I know that's a, that's a whole separate. Right. Right. Cocktail. But the barrel sitting around for a couple of weeks actually did not get worse. It got better. Oh, and okay. I, I've tasted a, a barrel like that, that they've had in the back for a couple of days in the freezer for a couple weeks and it, it changes the flavor a bit but it tastes like a barrel you know yeah yeah so Interesting. anyway yeah that's a possibility who, who knows what things are going to be like in the future after yeah. we get back to normal um, yeah really I, I mean everything that's happening I think is going to change our world I, I, obviously you know, I think that there's a few things right off the bat that's going to be, I think it's going to create a whole new level of germaphobe that, <laughs> you know, for people like me who really wasn't a germaphobe before, I'm going to be a lot more cautious going forward. I mean, when they when they, yeah. when they say that it's okay to be back out in public, I, it's not going to be the same for me. I'm 
I'm going to be a lot more weary. And, you know, and I've, I think I've mentioned this before, you know, I think insurance companies are going to have a whole new product that they can market called pandemic coverage. And that in the event of a pandemic, your income is insured or something to that effect. And um, I think people are going to be and companies are going to be forced to embrace technology a lot more. It's kind of showing a lot of these companies that their employees don't actually have to be in the office. You know, know, when they're forced to be in a situation like this where they have to keep the business running, but employees aren't allowed to be out on the streets to get to work. Mm -hmm. You know, the the employees are working from home and they're showing the company, hey, you know what? I could do this from home. I don't have to be there in front of you. So I think there's going to be lots of changes. and, And, you know, with employees maybe getting used to working from home for a month or two or three they're going to want to start doing that and not commute, you know, not sit in traffic, right? So I'm I'm definitely used to it. I I I actually haven't driven in quite a while. My wife yeah. drove the last time we were we were out about 3 weeks ago. Yeah. So so I haven't driven this car in about a month. <laughs> yeah, isn't it crazy? I I saw this meme that said my car now gets 30 days to a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> instead of 30 miles <laughs> yeah i haven't i haven't put gas in my car in over a month either so i haven't you, gone anywhere <laughs> do you get takeout and delivery in your area do you have bars that that do cocktails or do you um, obviously you have a great home bar but uh, uh, thanks I, i've been making drinks here at home uh i i haven't been getting any delivery from any of the bars or takeout from any of the bars i don't actually live close to any of the tiki bars I live a little bit outside of the main parts of the city, you know, the uh, outside of L.A. County and Orange County. Not too far out, close enough for me to enjoy with a car. But, you know, in this kind of situation, it's just a, a little bit out of reach for me. I know that some of the bars out here are doing drinks to go, but the regulations are a little different out here. I think that they're a little bit stricter. You, you, they have to cert, sell a certain amount of food Right. before they can sell you any cocktails. And then there's a limit on how many cocktails they can sell you. Right. And I don't know if they are selling cocktails that are already pre-mixed. I know that there are some places where they will sell you a quote-unquote cocktail, but then you have to add the alcohol. And right. I don't, I don't right. know if that's limitations with the the alcohol license or either spirits license mm-hmm. they have. It, yeah, it varies from state to state and even within states, I think. I've, I've seen all over the country right. people doing it um, different ways. Right. New, right. York, New York City, they, they're selling full-blown cocktails to go, but then in Pittsburgh, they have to. you can't sell the booze, and it's, it's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that um, this is a, an opportunity for some bars – like, for example, the Tiki Tea, their, their million-dollar drink is the raised mistake. And they're obviously going to be secretive about that recipe, but the main ingredient of that is a secret syrup that, I mean, you can watch them make the drink, and you can see the jiggers that they use and the proportions that they use, but you still can't figure it out because you don't know the secret mix. And it's times like this where it's like, hey, bottle that secret mix – and let the recipe out there. I mean, people still won't know what's in the secret mix, so it's not like you're giving away the farm. But it will allow people to make those drinks at home, and it'll be a, a side source of revenue that they're not experiencing. And 
you know, like maybe a, a, a situation like this, like with what the Mike is doing, maybe it will say, open their eyes and say, hey, you know, we could sell these, you know, at the grocery store or at BevMo's mm-hmm. or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just a matter of retooling their, their operation to, to be able to do that. And, and, you know, I think a lot of operations are going to have to retool to, to, to make money and, and sure. to lose, at least in the beginning, I think one of the restrictions is going to be capacity. So you're going to see a lot of bars. Oh, yeah. yeah. Talk about the TQT, half capacity, that cuts their profits in half. Really. Oh, yeah. 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 I talked so, to Mike Sr. a couple of days ago and he was kind of freaked out about that because he's like, man, we, we've got a little shoebox of a bar and he's, he's like, if we have to sit six feet apart, that's going to cut capacity at least in half, if not more. And of course it's going to cut revenues just as but much. If they, can, if they can do a takeout window and just people walking down the street can grab a drink to go. Yeah. You know, there, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Here in California, you're not allowed to walk around yeah. with uh, an alcoholic beverage. It's not like yeah. uh, some, you know, like Las Vegas and, and New yeah. Orleans, they allow you to do right. that. But uh, Well, yeah, the trick is what's open and what's closed and how they sell it, you know, and is it sealed and all that kind of stuff, I guess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's for the lawyers to figure out. Right. <laughs> how has the yeah. Maikai fared through all of this? Have they had to lay people off or, or anything yeah. like that? Yeah, unfortunately, as far as the labor goes, that's a common thread I see everywhere. They, they laid off their entire yeah. staff, basically. And, you know, a lot of it's so they can get unemployment. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, the Florida unemployment system's a mess, but that's a whole different story. Um, sure. I'm actually working less hours myself. I'm not laid off, but I, I had to take a cut um, in yeah. hours to get through this. But hopefully they'll all be back. Right now, as I'm hoping to see when we go down there, some of the managers are still there. The owners, the managers are pretty much running the show. And right. one bar, they have one bartender on staff. The poor guy is making all these drinks. Wow. <laughs> with, with the help of the manager. And the, owner, the owner's in there with it, getting his hands dirty, making gallons of, of rum barrel. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think they'll come out of it okay, hopefully. I don't know their financial status as far as, you know, the property and and loans, but... The building itself, I mean, I think it can handle any any changes in, in what we're talking about because it's so big. You know, they could right. section it off. They could right, sit right. people six feet apart, and you still have hundreds of people in there. You know? Right. Have you ever been in there when it's completely packed? Yes. Yeah. Well, Hookie Labs typically a completely booked sure. situation. Um, I, I suppose. Actually, because people have nowhere to sit. So, right. Yeah, it's, it, it's not it's not the best scenario because it's an older building with old air conditioning systems. Right. <laughs> Um, but I suppose outside of Hukilau, I mean, it seems like such a giant space. Are they able to fill it up most of the time? Um, depends on what you consider full. The, the, the crowd kind of flows. The dinner shows sell out, and then people move. The bar fills up for happy hour, and then people okay. move to the, and the dining room fills up for the dinner show. And then it's never completely full in every every nook and cranny like it is during the Hukilau. But okay. now, now that they have that space, I can foresee a future where, oh, happy hour is out in the, in the out in the outdoor garden. It would not be nice, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so, um, so I'm, I'm hopeful there, and, um, you know, they're making a little money with these gallons to go. And You, you spoke of the Tiki Tea and their secret recipes. Of course, the Maikais has their own secrets. And sure. I'm buying a gallon. Um, the gallons they have are... On their menu are the rum barrel, the pina colada, the jet pilot, and um, what's what's the fourth one? Um, 
they have they have four drinks on the menu, and um, rather than one of those four, I, I heard through the grapevine that you could ask for a special order and get a black magic. That's what I was hoping that you were going to say. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually getting oh the, uh, my ties the fourth. Okay. And that's that's a good variety of drinks. It should those should please just about anybody. Yeah. Um, and they're and they're relatively easy to make. However, the black magic is special, as you know, and I'm getting right, a gallon right. to take home and. Um, continue my journey of trying to decipher what the hell is going on in that drink. <laughs> I have a, a whole gallon to, to, uh, to test and taste. I can do some further, uh, it's all in the name of research. Right. <laughs> now, have you had their batched black magic before? This is your, the first time you're going and getting these, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I've had it. They've, they've done this at the Hookie Lao where we've had events where, okay. you know, I'll do, a, I'll do a seminar or Swanky will do a seminar and, the Mai Kai will provide a, a batch of black magics, but you, you know, you're, you're at an event, they're passing around small glasses. You're not really paying attention. Right. I was just curious how different the batched version is from a, you know, like a, a an ordered version when you, when you place an order yeah. for one. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm hope I'm hopeful that, well, I've, I've been promised by the bartender, Max, that he's following the, the recipes, so strictly, he said these are going to be better than oh. what you might get get in the bar on a busy night because they're he's, he's uninterrupted. He's, yeah, he's, he's measuring, he's, t- he's taste testing every batch. He claims so. Okay, yeah, and he can <laughs> he give it the attention that that it deserves. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he's not getting, so. Slim. Yeah, you're getting your money's worth, and you pay eighty dollars for a, a gallon of rum barrels. That may seem like a lot, but I did the math. It, it works out to like five or six dollars a drink. I was going to um, say, that sounds like a pretty good deal. 80 yeah. bucks for a gallon worth of cocktails. It sounds like it's uh, better financially. It's better than happy hour prices. And actually, the the best deal is the Jet Pilot. At a, even at $132, that's a small drink on, in the bar, three or four ounce um, drink, and you're getting a gallon of it. So Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, if that's the one that's really going to get you messed up. If you, if you, <laughs> there's, there's one, there's one fifty one rum in the, in the jet pilot. That's, that's the one you have to be careful about. Uh, what, what's what, what's going to be scary about having these gallon jugs is that you normally wouldn't have this much of that drink in front of you when you're there, right? Yeah. So, if, like for someone like me, if I had a gallon of something from the Mai Kai, it would be a an exercise in self-control because right. <laughs> when I'm there, right, I can say, okay, I'll just have one or I'll just have two or I'll mix it up. And then, if you know, I'll look at my tab and maybe close things out after two or three. But then if I'm at home with a whole gallon, I could just be pouring these things out again and again and again. My, my other motivation for going down there today is they've just released a new rum. I believe this is the first time ever that the Maikai has its own branded rum. Oh, very nice. What do you and know about that? It's from the real McCoy, which is uh, a, a Barbados rum from Foursquare Distillery. Mm-hmm. And if people listening might be familiar with a similar product that was released, uh, I believe, in 2017 by Smuggler's Cove. Um, okay. It was a single barrel, a real McCoy rum that Smuggler's Cove put out, you know, with a special label that said Smuggler's Cove, uh, you know, special edition. Right. I'm familiar and, with that. And the Maikai is doing their special edition. Uh, it was already planned, you know, months ago. There, Bailey uh, Pryor, the, the proprietor of Real McCoy, was supposed to come down and speak um, 
Okay. April 19th. And it was supposed to be a big event, and it was everyone was looking forward to it. But the rum is coming regardless of, of the event. So we're, we're re, they're releasing the rum to everybody this way so we could pick yeah. it up. Um, Very nice. So I'm going to pick up the bottle. Um, so it'll be nice to, to try that out. What do you know I, about it? I am a fan of the real McCoy, and, and they're 12 year old, it's a 12 year old rum, and so it's similar to the real McCoy's 12. Okay. But like Smuggler's Cove did, I believe the Maikai, I know the Maikai worked with with Richard Seals, the, the distiller, and with Bailey to get their own unique blend. They tweaked it. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, still, a, it's still a four square rum, but the Maikai made sure that this was unique and has a lot more pot still uh, heaviness to this rum. So, Kind of goes with the you know what you'd expect from the Maikai, their their room yeah. style. Yeah. So it's not really designed for mixing. They don't usually use heavy Barbados or any kind of Barbados rum in their drinks. Okay. This is being sold as you know a sipping rum and a nice. I'd like to try it though. I think it would work well in place of the Appleton Twelve. I think yeah. it would be a nice a nice uh, alternative. Wow, interesting. And is this only going to be available at the Maikai? Yeah, that's one. That's part of the. Part of the deal is, you know, it's released uh, exclusive, and so it's only available at the Maikai. And we'll, we'll we'll see as things as things develop, things change. Who knows? They might right. have, a, have a online component, but nobody's said anything about that yet. Yeah, um, that's that was going to be my next question because I'd love to get a bottle of that and give it a shot. I have the Smuggler's Cove, a bottle of the Smuggler's Cove uh, rum that you mentioned, and uh, which I really love. Which you know, I'm also just considering the limited availability of that rum i i kind of sit on it you know so that i i have it for special things you know what i mean yeah i should actually get two bottles but they're a little little on the pricey side so yeah. i get one for, for now and see how it goes but yeah uh, yeah w- w- one other thing i wanted to talk about before i before i get there and and, and uh and, and things start happening is um you know to bring it back around to it like the serious topic is is the way these restaurants and bars are are being hit by this pandemic and yeah i have i have something on the blog that i want to point people to at the, at the com, and it's a resource for people to uh go and look and see which tiki bars are doing online merchandise and which tiki bars have gofundme pages and, and all that kind of stuff you know i i encourage everybody to support their favorite favorite bar in this time of need they're, sure. they're really they're really in a tough situation, uh, unprecedented, really. Throw out the web address. It's simply atomicgrog.com okay. um, or, or theatomicgrog.com. They both work. And it's right there at the top of the page. And it's a, it's a blog post, and I'm updating it almost every day. There's always something new. There's new releases. There's there's also a list of, you know, industry information, you know, if you want to contribute to a, a general cause as, a, as opposed to a local cause. But I think that's really important. And when this first went down, I was, you know, we're in this business, you and I, especially where we're kind of on the little bit on the fringe. We're we're kind of in it for the for the good times and the party. But this is really a, a serious situation. I wanted to do something. So what could I do? And I thought, oh, I'm a journalist. Maybe I can root out all this information and put it all in one place. It's it's mainly just the tiki and tiki adjacent bars. There's so many other bars, you know, that need help too. It's just hard. Yeah. To, it's hard to cover everybody. So my blog is all about tiki. So I'm specifically talking about the tiki bars in my blog, but you know, everybody needs a little help right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that everyone fares through this without too much. Uh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. I, you know, it's the timing could be bad for some bars that just opened recently or, mm-hmm. 
you know, some bars that maybe are just hanging on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's probably inevitable that we're going to lose a few. I just hope the damage is not yeah. severe. And I, I'm hopeful that the industry is in such a healthy state. You know, this is not an econ- it's an economic disaster, but it wasn't, it was, it was not a true economic disaster. It was a health disaster that caused an economic Yeah, yeah, economic. yeah. So the economy was doing great. It was doing great before ago. this, yeah. So there's still a lot of people out there. I, I'm hopeful that the industry unites and we might see some bar mer- mergers or people helping each other out. And, you know, it's it's a one for one, all for one, one for all situation right now, I think. Yeah, or, you know, yeah. And I see a lot of stuff online, which is cool, too, people doing. Have you done an online happy hour yet or, or a virtual happy hour? Uh, I haven't done an online. I, to be honest with you, I haven't had the time. I've been very busy recording these COVID Chronicle series podcast because there's so many people that want to tell their story and people from all over the world. So I just released an episode yesterday with someone from Australia. The week before I released an episode with someone from Germany and the week before that we talked about uh, some of the things that were happening. I think that one was the one with Marina and in Florida. So, you know, people from all over have been wanting to share their, their stories. And I want to tell them, I think that, you know, obviously it's an unprecedented time in, in history. And I think that it's important to document all of this stuff. But with today's media, I know that there's a lot of stuff being documented. But just within our Tiki community, I think it's important to document the things that are probably going to shape some of the way that these tiki bars do business in the future, right? Sure. Yeah, so. exactly. I'm, I'm gonna, I know you'll continue, and I'm going to continue to do the same. When, yeah, when things yeah. Are, when things start reopening, that's one of the other things I'm trying to figure out. Well, how can I, how can I cover all the reopenings and let people know? Okay, we're the bar. You know, the, the bar in, in a certain area is open again. So. Right. Right. And then you know, point everybody to help. You know, get, getting down there and helping them out. Right. 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 So when you go down for the my oh okay, you've told me this before that this is the first time you're going to pick this stuff yeah. up. I'm curious how busy it's going to be when you get over there. <laughs> yeah, they're they're doing the pickup between. Um, it's like a five hour window today, so right. I'm right I'm right in the middle of that window, so I don't know how busy it's going to be. We'll we'll see. Um, the last time it was just crazy because it was one day and three hours, so they got a lot of people. They've spread this out over two days. So yeah. I'll, Hopefully it won't. I won't be so bad. I think you just pull your car up, pop your trunk, and they drop it in there. But yeah. Um, so um, as far as as far as you go, you're just hunkered down and doing doing your thing and doing all phone interviews, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been uh, interesting because it's a def- definitely a different dynamic when I'm not sitting with my guest and enjoying cocktails with them while we chat. The the shows are a little bit less jovial just because we're not getting drunk, right? <laughs> but I'm getting a lot of um, great information about you know from how things are from where people are staying, and I never really realized how much time I use in a day to meet up with somebody or or have somebody come here to record a podcast. You know, if I sit down with somebody on the phone for an hour, it's really just that hour and I still got the whole day in front of me, you know, where before it was commute time to and from the place and maybe prep time, setting up equipment and that kind of thing. If they came here, it was a lot of that too. It was a lot of, you know, running to the market to get citrus and prepping the bar and crushed ice and all that kind of stuff and then the before and after of recording 
because even after we would finish recording, we would still hang out and drink for a little bit, you know, and just get some hang time. But with a phone conversation, it's really once the phone call is over, then I'm I'm done with that session, you know. So it's mm-hmm. it's affected my time as well in right. a kind of in, in in a good way. I mean, like I have more free time for myself. And again, like I haven't spent any money on gas in over a month. That's probably one of my bigger expenditures because of where I live. I do a lot of driving mm-hmm. and I've been saving tons of money on that, you know, wear and tear on the car and, you know, eating out and all that kind of stuff. So that's been kind of a nice adjustment, kind of a nice change. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's been keeping me busy. So. I remember I listened to your podcast since the beginning and those early episodes where you're re- recording mainly at home in your, in your bar. I, I always thought I, that would be a nice place to hang out and do a show. <laughs> I'd <laughs> love to have you. How often do you get out here to California? Not very often at all. It's, I mean, I, I jokingly tell people I, I have the mic high so close. Why yeah. should I go? Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I really don't have the opportunity. I have a, I have a job that it gives me a couple of weeks vacation, but you know, one week is the hooky and, uh, the other week, my wife and I usually go to Disney World, so we're we're kind of stuck and also saving, doing a lot of saving. Gotcha. So at, yeah. at some point, when I'm when I'm out of my day job, like like you 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 got out of yours, I'll be getting out of mine at some point, hopefully yeah. voluntarily. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll have a little more time on my hand. But as of, as of now, we're hunkering down, working, and we're both working from home, so we're lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the adjustment hasn't been too bad for you then. Not really. Not, uh, you know, just trying to keep keep your sanity is, is the main thing. Mental, I think mental health is under under. It's not talked about as much. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Yeah, I'd love to host you out here sometime. You know, the podcast was inspired by, and if you've listened to it since the beginning, then you you've probably heard this before. It was inspired by comedians and cars getting coffee. And it's a show that I enjoy watching. I think it's very entertaining when these guys sit down with a cup of coffee and just kind of have a informal conversation with each other, you know. And I just thought, you know, how much better would this be if it were in a tiki bar with some cocktails instead of in a coffee shop with coffee, (laughs) right? And, uh, you know, some of the most spirited conversation comes from sitting around a bunch of cocktails with your friends, right? So, yeah. So I'm, I'm making a, I'm making a turn down the street where the Maikai is. So I'm okay. getting very close here. I love when you approach the Maikai in this metropolitan city and it just looks like this oasis in the middle of Fort Lauderdale, right? Yeah. It's such a juxtaposition from the photos of when it was being built, when it was in the middle of nowhere. I'm jonesing to take a walk around and just, you know, walk yeah. around the property. And I've done that so many times. I, I just probably won't have time today. I don't want to bore you. Well, is it is it open for – they'll allow you to do it because – The outdoors. I'm talking about the, you know, the, the tiki's outside, the big Barney West tiki that's that's still standing out there. It's always inspiring to see see that stuff from the outside. Oh, I love um, it. It's such a treat to go there. I don't, I don't get there as much, often as I'd really love to get there, obviously, but – yeah, it's it, it's my escape. You know, I I work at a really hardcore journalism job, a daily newspaper where we're, we cover we cover everything that's going on in the world. Right. Which is, in the past couple of years, has not been pleasant. So right, right. You know, to escape to the Maikai at least once a month is always it's always a treat. And 
you know, it's, it's sort of it's inspired everything I do pretty much from from day one. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna sneak in the back, actually. Okay. That's awesome that you have that uh, VIP access, huh, Jim? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I paid my dues. Right. And, uh, <laughs> let's see. They have a little tent set up out here, and a line of cars. So we're gonna be in line here for a little while. Okay. Looks like I'm, I might have to go through the front to get in line. So, yeah, I see. The, see how they're doing it. You're sort of lined up like a. You know, a little line, and then they just come out and give you your give you your gallon. So. Now, would you say that most of the people are in line are tiki people? Not really, actually. Um, and that's something you know. When we're in a little insulated uh, tiki world, but the, the Maikai has a vast reach that is way beyond uh, sure. tiki. There, there's a huge local audience, as well as uh, a big tourism. It's quite a tourist that aren't here right now, but um, in general, when you walk in there, there's not a lot of tiki people. You, you always see a few in the bar, obviously, but yeah. the place is, the place is full of every people from every walk of life. You know, it, it's it's great that you see kids. You see, I love that. Folks. I love that. So when they post that they're going to have these gallon cocktails available for sale, a lot of the people that flock out there are just people that love the maikai that aren't really even following the tiki scene. They just love the maikai. Yeah. And there's a, there's a good following among a lot of different people, you know. I'm sure there's some fishermen picking up gallons because there's there's still fishing allowed, and you see guys going. Oh, out okay, okay. There's still a little bit. I was going to mention that it's like I, California. I'm sure is in the same boat. You have great. It's a great uh, state to go out and see things. So I think we're allowed to, to to still do activities. You know, if if you're involved in a healthy activity, a friend of mine takes his kayak out into the Everglades and goes kayaking. Wow. Every, he does it every day because he's he's laid off, and he he said it's great. There's nobody out there. I, I mean, even when there was no pandemic, there's nobody in the Everglades. So, right, right. Um, he's he's able to still enjoy our natural resources. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, they they have restrictions out here too. If if you um if you go hiking and all of that, they want you wearing a mask, and they still want you practice mm-hmm. practicing social distancing. And the parks out here by my house, all the parking lots have been coned off. No one's allowed to use the parks other than for walking. And there will be signs everywhere. They have these giant banners that have those restrictions. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, people are still enjoying. I mean, you know, we have gray weather out here, so people are still enjoying all of our natural parks and all of our natural resources like the beaches and stuff like that. Actually, the beaches are closed. Yeah, yeah. But people are still using the boardwalks and stuff to maybe ride their bikes or go jogging or that kind of thing. But there's, again, restrictions with face masks and all of that. All right, I'm at the end of the line. It looks looks like it might be about a dozen cars deep at this point. Okay, that's not too bad. Hopefully this moves along. Yeah, I don't so, expect uh, that to take too long. You know, I know you guys don't have In-N-Out Burger out there, but the In-N-Out Burger lines are crazy over here. That. Those lines, there's probably 40, 50 cars deep. Yeah. And that's just because everything is takeout, right? So people say, hey, I'll, let's go to In-N-Out, you know? And it's a popular place to go. I, I, I assume that a lot of those people that are in those that drive through line would typically just be eating inside. So the line mm-hmm. is probably 
not really representative of a pandemic per se. Yeah. It's just that the people that are inside, typically inside, are in line now in their cars, and it moves mm-hmm. pretty fast. They're pretty organized about it. So, I'm just curious. Do Do you have uh, restaurants where you? The old school kind where you drive up and they come, you get your food at your car. Do those still operate? The only ones that do that is Sonic. Right. We have a Sonic. I was going to say we, we have that. Here. Yeah, but Sonic is not an old school place. It's something right. that, it's a throwback, uh, right? They're, they're, they're doing that, but uh, yeah, that's not something that's been around forever. They're using modern technology. I, I don't think they would. Right, right. Exactly. Car hops coming to your window and. Uh, yeah, and even even at Sonic, they have an inside restaurant area where you can sit at a table, which is what a lot of people do. So the car hop stuff outside is not as busy as you would think. Right. But you know they they sell the uh, the nugget ice, so that's where I go to get my ice because it's it's crushed, and you can go through the drive thru and buy it. it's three dollars a bag for a ten pound bag. Mm-hmm. And I put a cooler in my front seat, and I buy a couple bags and drop them in the cooler, and that's what I use at home. So it's great, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's great for parties too. Great I for mean. parties, but you got to use it right away because it freezes into yeah. a solid block if you don't. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I reserve it for parties. But but there's nothing worse than in the middle of a party cranking up the. I have an ice crusher that's very loud. <laughs> right, they all are right. <laughs> it it kind of defeats the mood of the exotic music. And, and how much does it? Does it crush at a time? I can crush a big, a big amount, maybe like a, a quarter of a bag. Okay. Um, okay. A, f- a fair amount. Because the ones that I've seen out here, it can only really crush maybe one or two rocks glasses at a time, and right. so it, it's a slow process if you've got a lot of people that you're hosting. You know. Yeah. So these these virtual online parties seem seem interesting. I really haven't done one yet. I'm I'm getting getting kind of motivated to to do more stuff like that. You're you're my first uh, kind of social okay. appearance online. But there's some other there's a lot of cool stuff going on. I've noticed. And and again, I want to stress the fact that people should support bartenders. And and if you see any bartenders or bars doing these things, definitely give them a give them some love with, of what they're doing online. Yeah, uh, some people have been doing these Zoom meetups, which I think is mm-hmm. pretty interesting. You know, it's it's connecting people, and it's it's making the world a smaller place, right? You actually, even if you're here by yourself in in your room, you you actually still feel like you're there with your friends. Yeah, I've I've, I've done a, my wife's doing it actually with her friends. She's doing a Zoom happy hour tonight. Yeah, she, she does that to stay in touch with her friends. Yeah, we've done the they do a toast to Ray. On Wednesday nights at Tiki Tea, Tess Ray Bion, who was the founder of the Tiki Tea. And we've been doing that every week with the regulars. So uh, one of the regulars has a business account, so there's no limit on how many people can join and how long the session can be. So, you know, we'll get on there for maybe 20 minutes before the toast. We'll do the toast and then we'll hang out for another hour before everybody logs off. Pretty neat. I saw that. On, yeah, I, def- I was definitely going to ask you about that. That seems really cool. I, I know that's a tradition, and it's a great tradition, and, and it's, yeah. it's something I've always wanted to do. But I also saw something that Tiki T did. Didn't Mike do, do it? Yeah, he did a, a video. Live, he did a video. He was he was going to do, well, so earlier that, that week he said, yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to do a video because we talked about, hey, you should just get on this thing, and then we'll... 
we'll do it all together. And he said, well, I'm thinking about doing a video and I'm going to put it up on the Tiki T page. And I said, cool. And then as the days passed, someone said, oh, he wants to do it as a live video so that, you know, he could do it live with people. And it ended up being a video that he, uh, I don't know if it was pre-recorded. It, it looked like it was pre-recorded and then it was released at the time that they typically they do the toast. They typically do it at 9 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. And that was when the video was put up on their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's cool because now it's up there, right? Um, but I don't know if he's going to do a new video every week. But right. it, was, it was neat that I could share some of that too on my social media, you know. So l- lacking the raised mistake, what do you, what do you drink? Or are, are there like tribute recipes out there that kind of come close to? Uh, raised mistake is probably like the black magic for you guys where everybody's been trying to reverse engineer it for years. Um, I do like the raised mistake. It, it's a great drink. I, I'll tell you, though, just because of the availability of ingredients and how things change over the years, it's not the same drink that. I remember when I first had it back in like the mid nineties. I remember in the mid nineties when I first had that race mistake, mm-hmm. it was like drinking a glass of heaven Yeah, and it's still yeah. a good drink, but it, it's changed. You know, it's, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's not the same memory I have. Yeah. Um, but I think my favorite drink over there is the puka punch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I had the puka punch at my Kai mm-hmm. and, uh, it was equally as good. Yeah. Um, I, I'd give the edge to the Maikai, I think, though. Um, we're, we're in the same situation here with, with ingredients, and I, but a lot of it is the rums. And, and you, yeah, that's exactly what it is. You, you were there for my rum symposium. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those old rums aren't available anymore, but they're, they're really trying. And what I love about the Maikai, though, is everything else is the same. But the juices, specifically, because they get them from Florida orange groves right here. So oh. that, that's the trick. It's like, it's not... It's not. They're not squeezing the. They're not squeezing the lemons and oranges. They're but they're local, locally produced yeah. juices. And you know the syrups are those secret syrups that. Yeah. They're trying to. They're trying to duplicate to the same specs, but it's hard. Yeah, yeah. Ingredients change all the time, and you know, like sourcing some of these. Maybe the original source went out of business, or they changed the way that they produce their product. And so you have to adjust to that. And and speaking to the same thing that I said about the raised mistake changing over time, the first time I had a black magic was in 2002 or 2003. And when I was at the Maikai last year for Hukilau, the black magic didn't taste the same as the one that I had in 2003, you know? Well, 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 I know, I know why though. They've, they've re- and this happened about five years ago. They've they've resumed using a secret syrup called Number Seven, mm-hmm. which uh, was in the original back in the seventies, and then fell out of the, the drink at some point. And in the past five years, they brought Number Seven back. Oh, that, okay. That that changed a lot. It changed uh, five or six different drinks, and and not for the worse. I mean, it's a it tastes a little different, but once you get used to it, you go, "Wow, this is it's like a falernum." Okay. It's the best I can, I can call it. Okay. It's like a spicy, like spicy falernum. I've been trying to reverse engineer it, but it, it's it's unique. And I think the rum changed too, right? Because when I was yeah. oh, sitting yeah. in your seminar, yeah. you had talked about that. You had talked about how they yeah. went through a few different rums to to they blended some a couple of different rums to get that old flavor back. 
Yeah, they've done that in the past two or three years. Um, I'm about three, two, three cars. They should be coming right up to me next. I okay. see, I see uh, Dave out there, the owner. Dave Levy? Yeah. Yep. I have a fun story about Dave Levy. When I was at the Hukilau for, I think it was in 2000, either three or four, there was a Hurricane Jean blew through and it, right. and uh, the whole city was on lockdown, but they continued to host the guests for the Hukilau. So we had the Maikai to ourselves. And I got a private tour by one of the restaurant captains by the name of Patrick. He, he, Mm-hmm. Showed me all around, took me to the back, gave me a bunch of cool stories, showed me Bob Hope's favorite table, that kind of stuff. Cool. And and then afterwards, there was a hurricane party at Dave Levy's house. And oh, a small, hand, I've, I've yeah, heard about it. small <laughs> handful of us got to go down there, and they had some bartenders um, making us rum barrels and serving them in solo cups out of his kitchen. And he had Elvis live in Hawaii on his big screen. He has this really great home theater that... He was blasting this stuff. Everyone was getting drunk and dancing in the living room. And if you looked out the back sliding door, the trees were all sideways because of this hurricane. (laughs) It was a very surreal experience. And I was fortunate enough to be one of the people that was there. It's a memory I'll take with me. You know, one of my most cherished memories in the early days of the Tiki Revival, because it was such such an honor to be in his home and to experience this thing with probably only maybe a dozen other people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what's cool about places like the Tiki Tea and the Mai Kai. It's, it's the original owners and yeah, or, the, yeah. or the sons of the original owners. And, and they're, they're really into it. They know, they know exactly the traditions and the, the passion still there. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I, and I recounted that story to him at the Hukula this year and he remembered. So it was, yeah. That was hey, how are you doing? I'm, I'm recording this. Uh, I've got uh, a live podcast. Not live, but we're recording a podcast with Adrian of Inside the Desert Oasis Room. Say hello, Dave. Hello. How are you? Aloha, Dave. Adrian says aloha. Here's, here's the black magic. Excellent. Oh, wow. Thank you. Cool. Off to have a little party. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, one real McCoy, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I can't wait to taste this. So, uh, is, is Max around? No. Okay, he took off. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Yeah, I don't want to hold up the line anymore. No worries. That was great. We got to have uh, Dave say hello to the podcast and to our listeners for a second there. And I got a bonus, uh, a bonus barrel. Oh really? That was nice. Yes. Very nice. I'll have to share my riches with, with some friends. <laughs> See, gonna, that's the difference between you and me. That's that's probably something that I wouldn't tell somebody about, <laughs> unless I couldn't consume it all myself. Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna jump out and put this in the cooler in the trunk. Yeah, yeah, so. go right ahead. So yeah, I was hoping to talk to Max. He's the bartender that that uh, did all the uh, all the mixing. Yeah. But, He's a new hire. He, he works for Lemon Heart, and uh, he's, he's trying to keep their recipes true to their to the originals and as best he can. I'm curious, when they hire a new bartender, mm-hmm. how much of their recipes, their secret recipes, do they share? They share quite a bit, but not everything. So... Obviously. So here's how they do it at Tiki Tea. So yeah. 
the recipes obviously were secret until they hired Greg. Mm-hmm. And that's the first employee that they've ever hired there. It's always been mm-hmm. family run by Mike Sr. and his his boys. And Greg knows the recipes to the drinks, but he doesn't know the recipes to the syrups. So he still couldn't go off and make these drinks on his own. It's exactly the same here. Yeah, they, they, say, they still okay. say number seven or number four on the... On the recipe, and and you don't know what that is. Okay, so everything's still protected. Yeah, and I think Mike Jr. told me they have 12 or 13 different syrups, which are interspersed with their drinks, and sometimes some drinks have multiple syrups, sometimes some drinks Mm -hmm. have one syrup, and so having a recipe for a cocktail without knowing what's in the syrups is kind of useless. Right, exactly, yeah. And and the Mike guy even takes it to an extreme. The, the The bar manager doesn't even know the, the secret. It, oh, really? It's, it's sort of like the mafia. They keep it in the family. It's, you, have to be, you have to be in the family to know. So, so the, owner and his, the owner and his daughter, who's now an assistant manager, know the recipes. And they're the ones who are making the syrups every day. They, well, there is a person. There's a, another person, and it's, it's, it's another odd thing. It's, um, it's the daughter of a former bartender, and the, her father used to make the syrup for, for Mariano, so he knew the recipes. And when, you know, when Mariano passed away, these syrups sort of disappeared. That's what I was saying. They only came back five years ago when this old retired bartender started making them again. Okay. Um, he, he was Mariano's right-hand man back in the day. Um, and, and sadly, he passed away um, recently, so in the past two or three years. But his daughter too bad. was able to car- carry on. So. Okay. Okay. So those recipes didn't die with him. No. Yeah, because I think they're still, they're still recreations. They're not the exact. Okay. They're, okay. They're, they're probably close enough. Okay. Because I do wonder about that. You know, some of the secret stuff from the past, when only one person or two people know it, and then they're both gone. Did those die with them? You know, it'd be right. a shame if that happened. Yeah. 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 Wow. So what's next now? Lunch and. <laughs> yeah. And a and a rum barrel. <laughs> Well, we're at the one hour mark, so okay. I think I'm going to let you go. But I want to I want right. to say thank you so much for sharing this moment with us and, and chatting with the podcast. Okay, and I, I just want to give a quick uh, mention: the Hookie Lao is being rescheduled, and you should have news way before this podcast airs. There'll be an announcement. And there'll be oh, very nice, cool, cool information about the Hookie Lao changing and adapting, and and it'll include a lot a lot of new new elements and things. That you can do to help your help bartenders in need and help bars in need will be will be part of the event. Very nice. And for your website, for everybody that wants to reach you, let's throw that out there. It's it's as always theatomicrog.com, and I've got some new stuff in the works. Again, it, within ten days, you'll see a new feature that again will be pay, paying tribute to some of my favorite bartenders, and I, and I want people to to play along and mix mix up drinks at at home. You'll, you'll, you'll see it on the blog. That's great. And as always, you're welcome to share all those links on Inside the Desert Oasis Room group page. We're happy to do things with you at the Atomic Grog and, and you know share each other's brands out there. Uh, I think it's important that people in the community support each other, and uh, especially in this this time. You know, escapism seems to be more important than ever. Yeah, I love the blog and I love the community, and I think that's, I mean, that's what 
communities are for is to, to have each other's back. And I think it's, cool. it's a really cool thing. I appreciate that so much. Well, I want to say thank you again, Jim, and we'll chat soon. Mahalo. All righty. Cheers. Cheers.